data is a gold mine. Uh, proprietary data is the gold mine. How do you use it? How do you value it? How do you combine that in an ecosystem that creates more value for everybody? Yeah. A win-win-win. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Innovation. This may be just one of the most misunderstood terms in business today. What is innovation? How do you spark innovation? Is it something reserved for startups or can established enterprises develop this culture of innovation? If I told you today's guest comes from a manufacturing company that is over 100 years old, would the word innovation come to mind? Maybe not. However, after listening to this episode, it will. Today's guest is Kanal Tile. Kanal is the digital strategy director for Cummins a global power technology leader. What? Digital technology? I thought Cummins built engines and powertrains. You may be surprised to learn that Cummins has an entire section of their website dedicated to digital products and services. We have a lot to unpack, so we're going to get right into it. Kanal, welcome to Status Go. Thank you for having me, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, and I know your background goes well beyond the walls, so to speak, of Cummins. So would you mind uh, having our listeners get to know you a bit by sharing a, a, a bit about your career journey and the types of things that you've been involved in? Sure, sure, Jeff. So again, uh, thanks for having me on, on your podcast. My, I'll start with Coming out of grad school, I started as an entrepreneur um, and uh, I graduated as an electronics engineer, uh, but realized that I, I wanted to focus my, my time on the business side of things. So I started an import export company back in India. And this is early 2000s where India was opening up. I started with the import side of the business where I would be in China all the time, importing furniture, chandeliers, electronics to India and selling them in the open market. Uh, yeah. And from there, we graduated to exporting a lot of items to the Western markets, handicraft items, jewelry. Then we graduated from wooden jewelry to a diamond jewelry, gold jewelry, and did a lot of traveling and sales and being in trade shows, etc. We built a profitable business. Uh, I had a couple of partners, but realized that I, Coming out of school, I wasn't trained on writing a good presentation. You know, I, I, I did not learn that as an engineer. I did not learn how to do an NPV analysis in finance, right? right? So I came to the US to do an MBA and thought that it'll help me in my career. At the time, Cummins was recruiting interns for the corporate strategy role. Uh, and I joined Cummins for the summer. And 16 years later, I'm still with Cummins. I've had a lot of opportunities with Cummins in finance, marketing, sales, business development, product management. And the last six years I've been in the digital space. What is interesting is if you think about my last five roles here have been roles that I've been the first person doing that role at Cummins. Hmm. So those roles did not exist. And I've always been kind of 
I've always kind of moved towards a role which is undefined, where there's a lot of opportunity to innovate, to solve problems that are not being solved today. And I tend to graduate towards that. So in my current role, uh, in the last six years, uh, I was a digital uh, director for innovation at, for a while. And then from there, right now, I'm director of strategy uh, here, where my focus is the transportation market. And my job is to help develop new strategies and partnerships that help provide more value to our end customers through our digital offerings. Uh, apart from that, um, I'm pretty active with the local tech scene as an angel investor. I mentor and uh, invest in our founders who have innovative ideas, who are trying to solve business issues. So uh, passionate about innovation, passionate about entrepreneurship. That, that, is, a, that is an amazing journey. And I, I know we're going to, to talk a, a little bit about your, your work with Cummins. And I know uh, we'll stay away from uh, any uh, intellectual property, right? We don't want to uh, give away uh, any of that. But I, I think what's interesting to me is the, is the point that you made that uh, your last several positions, when you moved into them, no one had had those jobs before. Um, and I think when you and I first met, um, you were you were the director of innovation. Prior to that, you've been in product management. What what's going on at the time uh, in in Cummins that creates this innovation department? Where where does that come from? Yeah. So yeah. So I think it is interesting you pick on that, right? So. Uh, Innovation for Cummins, right? Again, I think, the, the, let me make sure I understand your question. The question is around what is innovation and how, how what do we think about that? Is that, is that yeah, what, what, what was going, so a, a lot of our listeners uh, out here will probably, uh, they'll be from all types of different uh, companies. Um, but, you know, when you think of manufacturing, when you think of agriculture, when you think of, uh, other industries, we don't always think in terms of digital, certainly, uh, and we don't often think in terms of innovation. So something uh, something sparked Cummins to go down this path. And I'm just curious um, if you have thoughts about what our listeners could be looking for in their own in, uh, uh, organizations to help make that let's bring innovation in to their organization. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep, totally makes sense. And I think that's a good point. I think you, in your intro, you talked about innovation is a very misunderstood term sometimes, and it's, it's different for different people. For me, when I think about innovation, the first thing that comes to mind is the customer. So customer of what the needs are. Mm -hmm. what, are the, what are the unmet needs, right? And to me, Solving those unmet needs for the customer may mean developing a new product, a new service, a new business model. To me, that is innovation. Mm -hmm. As long as, and in our daily lives today, we all do certain bits of innovation. Innovation is everybody's job. Yeah. It's in everybody's job. And sometimes we consider innovation as a breakthrough, which is true, absolutely, but incremental change but solving for for an for a need that is unmet to me is where innovation starts, and an incremental change. Is yeah, that, even is that the, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Even the incremental change is great, right? Because if I think about 
they are people's job to be a research scientist to come up with new ideas great they are innovating for sure but somebody who's trying to write a code faster who may go and solve um, a qa's problem a quality and app engineers problem is also innovation to me as long as they know what they're trying to solve for and what tends to happen the way i think about a framework is in three steps desirability feasibility and viability desirability for the end customer what do they want who's your customer what do they want what is the unmet need feasibility is can it be done mm -hmm. and viability is there a business case to do it right. and sustainable yeah. so if all those three things together to me is innovation but starts from understanding what we are trying to talk with the customer so in any market like you say uh, agriculture market or trucking transportation market where where i focus on or any other markets there is always an unmet need understanding that is a start uh, and that's how Cummins thinks about that and, and we think about that and make sure that we understand that to come up with ideas and solutions underpinned by digital that go solves it, which could be through our physical products or through our uh, kind of digital products. Yeah. So when, when, when Cummins is thinking about this, uh, they've been innovating for many, many years, uh, mm -hmm. probably uh, close to about the hundred years they've been around, right? They're they're a pretty innovative company when you when you uh, look at them closely, um, but when they started down this path of digital innovation, they created a separate department for that. Why yep. why in your mind did they need this separation uh, for that group rather than being a part of the exi existing structure? Uh, it's a it's a good question. Again, so in established companies like ours, right? We've got a business to run a, a current business structure to run and there are the quality of products and structure that allows us to deliver that right and when when we started this innovation group uh, six years seven years ago in uh, digital was new in the transportation space right and it wasn't clear what the impact would be in our space at the time it seems more real now six seven years later but at the time yeah. We do not know what the impact is going to be. So instead of constraining our current businesses to kind of focus on the, what they do well today and also figuring out what the future is in a space that is unclear, it was easier to kind of have a separate group focus on that mm -hmm. with the intent to bring it back to our existing organizations and make sure it can be incorporated as we learn more. So we created that group to be unconstrained to start with, to cast a wide net, and then constrain it based on, is there a viable solution there? Is there a feasible solution there? But not constrain it from the get-go, which a lot of companies get challenged with because of what the business models are. Yeah. So keeping it this way allows us to have a little bit more freedom to think unconstrained uh, and then develop products which may be useful for the end, for the customer. Do you think companies need to, to take that step in, in all cases to really generate innovation? Or can innovation happen within the structure? You all just saw this as digital is so new, so different that it need that special focus, right? So can it, yes. can it stay in the existing org? To totally can, absolutely can. I think it, it just depends on, 
again, I'm using the word uh, digital innovation here, but in, in general about how different the market is going to be, how, what is the evolution of the ecosystems, right? How disruptive the technology might be, right? So I'm thinking about right now, talking about ChatGPT uh, mm -hmm. in that space for Google, right? They've been right. in the space, ChatGPT, how does that impact uh, the current business model? So I think it, it can absolutely stay within that. The question ends up becoming, how much do you want to burden your existing businesses mm -hmm. versus thinking unconstrained? And I think that's the kind of the sliding scale somewhat. Yeah. And I think de depending on the company you're in and the, the technologies you work with and the, the, the disruption in the market might drive you to kind of think, should it be inside versus outside? Yeah. Uh, and also the aspiration of the company, how far they want to stretch from what they are today. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I, I, I suppose that having that, that organizational structure that way almost creates the feel of being involved in a startup. I mean, you're in this huge company that's uh, 100 years old, but you're you've got that startup mentality, right? As you're in, as you're as you're with this, in, in your work with uh, you, you mentioned that you're an angel investor as well, uh, and you mentor and coach uh, uh, people that are in that startup space. How do you talk to them about innovation? Yeah, it's it's a great question, Jeff. So. I was talking to somebody the other day, and, and they were they use entrepreneur, uh, and I never heard that word, but that's I thought it was a good word that yeah. kind of describe what I do today. Is is that because we are kind of this incubator within within the corporate, mm -hmm. helping uh, find partnerships, helping build new business models that enable companies to grow in spaces that it wants to grow in, right? So um, to when I think about angel investing and talking to new founders, they have great ideas, right? Uh, they have awesome ideas. They are always very, very good at finding the customer problem, what they're trying to solve for. Uh, or sometimes they're very good at, for example, coding, for example, but they, they haven't thought through what are they trying to solve for. They know the technology, they're great coders, right? right. So what I tend to kind of, talk to them about are the three kind of desirability, feasibility, and viability, where, what they're good at, and what they need to solve for to make sure they have a sustainable business model going forward. Uh, and innovating something that actually does solve a problem, but also is a business model that they, they can actually sustain over time. So I tend to spend a lot of time kind of figuring out where they are in that journey and helping them also think about scale up as a, as a company who's been kind of around for a while and being, being in this role, how do you go from where you are to think about what needs to happen between having one customer to 100 customers? And a lot of these, Asian, uh, the, these founders are very good at getting going, mm -hmm. but struggle with uh, kind of how do they scale up from where they are? So, yeah. so I think it's, it's awesome because uh, one is my passion, plus two, I spend a lot of time kind of being on the other side, on the scale-up side, to help help them present a picture that may help them uh, going forward. Well, and and as an investor, you you really want them to have that viability piece, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you want you want that you want that return. The the other thing that I think uh, sometimes startups 
can struggle in is they build, they, they have, I'll call it, they have one customer, right? And they're building a product for that one customer. And it almost ends up being a custom software solution for them rather than a product that can go to market. How do you, how do you identify when that's going on and how do you coach them or advise them to, to think about that scale upside? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very delicate balance. I think it's a very interesting question, Jeff, because I think it's, it's equally important to solve, have an anchor customer and really solve for that. At the same time, have a stack that allows you to kind of go have a scale-up model. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's very interesting talking to these founders on where they are in that journey. Uh, I find a lot of them are kind of solving for what you just said, mm -hmm. and I'm having a custom answer, and few are thinking about the scale-up. And I think it ends up becoming a question about just being inquisitive about uh, what they're missing. For example, one of the startups I was talking to, maybe uh, I've invested in, uh, they're in the energy market uh, space and they they are doing a lot of kind of report filing for energy companies. Mm -hmm. when, 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 we, when we were discussing investing in them, we talked about how much data they would have and how much value there is in to use the data to do analytics to help everybody. Well, they didn't think about that. They were thinking about my value is in reporting and I'm going to make X dollars per report and it's going to be sustainable. But the, the gold mine was in the data that yeah. they could use to really kind of help everybody in the industry. And two years now, later, they are that's where the value they're potentially selling to all their future investors. So kind of helping them understand that part is very important because they are focused on the today and now on their idea but the the long-term kind of horizon is where where the value is so helping them kind of see that link uh, is is very useful for them and we're able to help with that as as a, as a on the personal time yeah yeah well and as you think about um again existing companies that maybe they've not been around as long as as, as cummins but what are some technologies you mentioned chat gpt a second ago but what are some uh, some technologies that you feel are really innovative in companies uh cios ctos at various companies should be paying attention to uh, those technologies and seeing where they might fit in their organization does anything jump out at you mm, it's um it's a good question uh, well Things that come to mind again they're somewhat obviously when i say it it'll be obvious but i think thinking about what your data is what your data you own and what is where is where the value is going to be for the future right um how do you use the data to create useful insights value to the end customer is where the value is and a lot of times we, we're in the space today where data is everywhere, but it's not sure who yeah. owns it, what is valuable, how do you value it, how do you share it? All those questions are being answered in different markets today. Mm -hmm. Some some markets are further ahead, uh, financial systems, uh, advertising systems, they're, they're further along because they were on the journey. But 
like industrial companies like ours, we are still early days in trying to understand that fully. Yeah. And that creates a lot of opportunities to figure out, because uh, in the future, like even the example chat GPD, uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, a lot of the value might be where the, the, the proprietary data, uh, kind of training on the proprietary data might create more value in the future. So if that's the case, knowing that what you have, how do you use it is very important. Yeah. Analytics on top of that is very important. How do you show that is very important. So my mind always goes there on, on data is a gold mine, uh, proprietary data is the gold mine. How do you use it? How do you value it? How do you combine that in an ecosystem that creates more value for everybody, yeah. a win-win-win? Because right now, the those AI models have been trained on, I'll call it general data, right? Not not uh, data that's uh, that's openly to the public, right? Open to the public, not specific data sets for a given industry or even a given company. And that's what you're saying is where the power is, is to start using some of those tools uh, to to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, when we talked a, a couple of weeks ago, Kunal, we, we talked about uh, the different types of, of innovation. And one of the things that you said that really jumped out at me was this concept of people innovation, people transformation. So my question to you is, can you teach someone to be innovative? And if so, how? Yeah. The short answer is yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it, it essentially starts with the mindset, you know, and like I was saying earlier, it, we innovate so much in our daily lives, in our personal lives and our professional lives every day. What tends to happen is some, somehow we, uh, we, get, we get constrained by the current, current constraints that are been defined because of the right reasons. Uh, innovation to me is challenging some of the orthodoxies, right? Is thinking about how, what am I trying to solve for and how am I, and that comes from the mindset of the leaders, the managers, the person, mm -hmm. the culture of the organization, all of that tr translates to that. And having the right mindset in my mind allows everybody to innovate. Mm -hmm. I think innovation is everybody's job. Again, back to the starting what you said, to me, everybody can innovate. It's part of everybody's job everywhere. It's just a matter of how do you set the right stage? How do you kindle the right spirit? How do you make sure people can actually contribute in that way? So, um, yeah, we do that all the time at, uh, at work. That's part of our culture uh, as, we, as we think about new products, new, new services, new business models. But uh, that would be something that I would say every company should be thinking about. Well, as a leader, and, and, and this may be a difficult question to answer uh, um, because it is so, it's, innovation is so much a part of who you are. How, what steps are you taking to teach someone else in your organization how to, how to have that mindset? Are, are there specific things that you're doing to model that? Are there specific um, things you have them do to kind of spark that? We don't have a recipe today. Um, 
and that's what I was hoping for was the recipe. Yeah. No, I, I hope there was one, and I yeah. unfortunately there isn't one. And I think uh, it, it's so much dependent on on the culture and people. Uh, mm-hmm. And one uh, more than more than a process, even though it can be a process. In my mind, it can be a systematic process of doing it, mm-hmm. but it requires enough of a continuous stream of effort to, for it to become a muscle memory. With, and it takes time, yeah. um, right? And and in the tradition, kind of our, our core of the business, we've been doing innovation for a long time, so we know how to innovate well. We are, but in 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 disruptive spaces like like uh, digital, for example, we are not there yet. Yeah. So, which requires you to have people with the right mindset to allow for for risk taking, for allow for failures, to allow for uh, challenging the point of views that currently exist, mm-hmm. and be comfortable with that uh, with that uh, conflict, I guess, it, yeah. within within the workplace, is is one one of the important steps, not the only step uh, to get there, but that's where it starts yeah. uh, to allow that freedom of uh, thought and 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 conflict i guess do, do you put any guardrails around the the freedom of thought in in other words you know you uh, go back to brainstorming sessions and you you probably have different terminology for them but can anybody suggest anything or is there are there guardrails yeah so it it, it the classic answer it depends uh, but <laughs> 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 yep, I guess. Yeah. So it, it it depends on it depends on what you're trying to solve for. Again, uh, thinking about uh, for me, innovation starts with what is the unmet need we're trying to solve. What is the desirability aspect for the customer? Customer could okay. be a, a person in your team, could be the end user of the product, could be somebody in the middle. Mm-hmm. We need to understand what are we trying to solve for, and if we understand that is what we're trying to solve for intersect with where the company's mission, what the company's mission is, mm-hmm. kind of push the guard raise appropriately. Yeah. Uh, back in the day when we were doing, uh, kind of we had a team doing that, it was a lot more unconstrained because the end goal at that time was looking out in the future, many years out, we had a team who were focused on building digital products for the today mm-hmm. that we need to deliver on our physical products. We also had a team who was focused on looking far out and saying, well, let's understand what new business models that may come up because of digital innovation. And if that's the case, let's incubate some ideas. One example is uh, we were looking at how how does the market for buses change in the future in, in the industry, knowing the fact that there are more electric cars, there are more cars. So we partnered with Purdue University and uh, another company in Indianapolis to come up with a a pilot where we put on a lot of different modes of transport at Purdue University, uh-huh. where we had buses today that they run the way they run today, but we introduced cars, Teslas, all the different modes and connected them through an app for, for all Purdue users, for students and, and teachers to use that, like mm-hmm. an Uber-like solution. Yeah, but the yeah. difference was all was connected for the university. So when they press a button, the right mode arrives at the right time at the right place for them. 
right? Uh -huh. yeah. To optimize for the transport. The school, the university wanted the right mode of transport for the, so it reduces the pollution in the lesser cars, lesser vehicle, lesser garage space. So we came up with a solution. We ran that for pilot for four months to figure out what is valuable for Purdue as a blueprint yeah. for transportation. For us, what are different modes? Our bus is going to continue uh, or are they going to get smaller over time? Yeah. And for the uh, for for everybody was win win win. So the innovation there was all of us working together to solve for uh, for the need yeah. for the in this case the, the the students and the and the university at the time. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how we think about uh, yeah. kind of uh, how to put guardrails or not depending on the problem you're trying to solve for. It, it, it sounds. I mean, the the idea of of starting with the problem. What are you trying? What what are you trying to solve for that customer, who, whomever that customer is? Uh, it, it, sometimes that sounds so obvious, but it, we, we a lot of times companies get lost about what problem are we trying to, to solve, right? Um, and, and, and a lot of times we have these innovations or inventions, if you will, that uh, are in search of a problem, right? They're, they're kind of cool, but... but they don't. They're they're in search of a problem, right? Uh, I I can remember back in the back in the day uh, when uh, when the PC first comes out, and they were saying, well, every household needs one. It's like for what to manage your grocery list, right? You didn't. There there weren't problems that people were thinking about, um, and uh, so having that as part of the mindset of let's look for the problem and, and focus on that is a seems like a great place to start as you as you've been saying yeah no absolutely i, I think of the, the the ads that sometimes show up on like qvc and all that i find them those innovators awesome because they are even on shark tank right they, uh -huh. they come up with these all these answers to solving a problem even though some are good and some are not but yeah. they've empathized with the with the with their customer whoever they're solving for and, and came up with something that is at least trying to solve for that, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, I, and and then you get into the feasibility and the viability, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's where a lot of them fall out on short on short. Absolutely, time, right? They're not viable. Yeah. Yes, exactly. A lot of people start with the feasibility side of things, saying, "Can I build this? Can I do this?" But they sometimes forget who are we trying to solve for, yeah. and can the solution actually work? Yeah. And uh, and and. That's where a lot of the uh, innovations fail. Well, Kanal, I have really enjoyed our conversation today, and I know our, our listeners uh, have as well. Um, one of the things that, that I love to do on Status Go is to end with a call to action. So thinking about our audience, senior IT leaders, CIOs, um, CTOs, vice presidents, they're, they're leaders in their space, right? Uh, what are one or two things that they should go do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation about innovation today? Sure. I would say uh, innovation is everyone's job. That to me is the, is, is the core of what I believe in. And each of us do it every day. We just don't call it that. And think about the person, people, process that you're trying to focus on, who you're trying to solve it for. How can you help them? And to me, that is where the innovation starts. 
Um, remembering that every time um, helps direct the energy. And two, talk to your teams. There are so many great ideas everywhere. Everybody's thinking about just that some, some people don't want to bring it up because of many reasons. But every time, every team I've been in, there have been tons of great ideas. It just needs to be channeled correctly uh, to solve for something, you know? So those are two things I would say. Innovation is everybody's job and talk to your teams. Uh, they've got great ideas. I, I, I love that because sometimes those ideas are, are there. And if you don't ask, you, you never hear about them. Yeah, Absolutely. Kanal, thank you very much for, for carving time out. Uh, I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed the conversation. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And uh, thanks uh, for, for the opportunity to talk to you. To our listeners, I, I have an ask for you as well. Uh, please rate Status Go. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. We want to hear from you. Engage with us on LinkedIn. Now, if you have a question about today's topic or any of the other topics from prior episodes and want to learn more, you can go to intervision.com slash status dash go. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Canal Tile. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.